Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Coverage of the Southeastern Conference Spring Meetings in Sandestin, Florida is brought to you by Blackman Auctions. Find Blackman Auctions on the web at blackmanauctions.com. Better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Oh, yes, they are. And thanks again to Blackman Auctions for their support of this coverage. I always look forward to SEC meetings. Probably not as much as Trey does because when he gets done working, he's in Sandestin, Florida. When I get done working, I'm, I mean, I love being here, but, you know, it ain't quite the same. Trey, what's up, my man? How are you? What's up, guys? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing good. So we sort of talked about topics we thought we'd hear about, like football scheduling. And uh, what did I call it? Debate gate? Debate gate between uh, Saban <laughs> and Jimbo. And apparently that has been a hot topic of conversation, even already directed towards Nick Saban today. Right. Yeah. And uh, Nick Saban says he's got no problems with Jimbo. And uh, he kind of backtracked, I think, on what he was saying because he did kind of call out Texas A&M and said, hey, you know, they signed the number one recruiting class. They paid all their top wow. players and Nolan Buchanan with Texags kind of pointed directly right at him. He said, you said that they were, they paid their players. What evidence do you have of that? And he kind of backtracked and said, well, that's not what I said. Uh, it's a whole big, big mess. And by the way, that sound, I just was able to get uploaded. Uh, yeah. And so maybe Christian Christian's pulling it. Yeah, him. he's pulling it together now. So we'll get that in just a second. Um, what other are, what other topics are, are top of the line for uh, some of the coaches? I guess you guys have heard from... Who, who all has been up so far? Well, so far today we've heard from Eli Drakewitz, uh, Shane Beamer, Kirby Smart, Billy Napier, and Nick Saban. Now, Lane Kiffin will meet with us at 5 o'clock, uh, and then the commissioner of the SEC later today. And then, of course, we'll be able to get more football coaches, basketball coaches, men's and women's uh, throughout the day, and then tomorrow as well. I just spoke with Hunter Juracek. Um He's on multiple phone calls right now. But I asked him about that scheduling because that is a big topic. The, for, the future football scheduling, are they going to go with eight? Are they going to go to nine conference games? And he says, Trey, believe it or not, it was split right down the middle. Eight, eight. Wow. I said, wait a second. There are 14 teams. He goes, yeah, but Texas and OU do get a vote because they are going to be in the league and be a part of the league when that scheduling format mm. uh, comes to fruition. Mm. So, um is that going to be next year in 23? Will that be in 24? Who knows? But I've been told that Texas and OU will be in the league before 25. And I mean, that's what everybody was saying last year at SEC Football Media Days was they would be joining the league in 25. I think it's going to be sooner than that. Everybody else talks down here believes that it's going to be sooner than that as well. So, But it was split right down the middle. Eight for the eight-game schedule and eight for a nine-game schedule. So, I think that's one thing that really needs to get hashed out down here this week. Any topics outside of football items that are of note or being discussed? Not, I mean, yeah, there are, but there aren't. It, it's more legislative issues uh, within the SEC. But one that uh, is a hot topic with football is the transfer uh, to eliminate interconference transfer requirements by adjusting the February first notification of transfer date for fall sports student athletes to May first to conform with current NCAA transfer requirements. So that's trying to get in line with what the NCAA does. So, like, let's say you have a football player and he wants to transfer um, and you go through spring practice and then all of a sudden you transfer. They want that date to be May 1st as opposed to February 1st, which it um, has been in the SEC, to more get more in alignment with the NCAA. Hmm. 
Okay, that's interesting. Um, what about yeah. NIL specifics? I'm sure I know it's already been discussed by some of the coaches. Oh, yeah. what, what's what's the thought yeah. process? What are you hearing? Well, every coach um, has said that they're all for players making as much money as possible. In fact, I believe it was uh, Billy Napier, uh, the new coach at Florida. He said, "Look, I went back and did some research. In 1990, the league doled out around a million nine to its institutions." And then it started increasing. He goes, by 2024, we're looking at $60 million per institution. He goes, I believe the players should be able to, to get a piece of the pie. He goes, if you don't have players in on the field playing, you don't have any fans in the stands. So where are you going to get your money? So he thinks that players should be able to get it. Nick Saban says, yeah, players should be able to get money. They all say they should be able to get it, but they want a uniform way that they can get it. So – whether it be, hey, they want to keep the boosters out of it. That's one thing Nick Saban kept saying is we got to keep the boosters out of it. I think he believes that boosters are getting involved. Lane Kiffin said that it's going down a wrong way, and he hadn't spoken to us yet, but he said this in the past, that this NIL, it's going to, it's going to be a mess, and it has come out to be a mess. Nick Saban even said it was going to be a mess several years ago when it was first brought up and first talked about. And so now they have a mess on their hands. How are they going to combat that mess yeah. is the big question. Trey, did Hunter say which uh, scheduling format that he preferred in the future? No, I did not get to ask him that because he was answering another phone call as we were passing in the hallway for me to come come talk to you guys. So he did not say which scheduling format he he wants, but the next time I do catch his ear, I will ask him and uh, see what he wants. My other question would be, would Arkansas – have a say or maybe even uh, suggest who they would like their a you know their one permanent <laughs> opponent be or their three do they give any input or take any input I would think that the scheduler uh, the, the the people that put the schedules together in the SEC would put would take in suggestions from institutions and when you look at let's say if they go to one permanent opponent as opposed to three what do you do with all I would assume it stays Alabama, but they have a long, the South's oldest rivalry in football is Auburn-Georgia. So what do you do with that rivalry if, if you go to one permanent? Um, so I don't know if the league will say, okay, well, we're going to take all of these and let's do they just put them in a computer and the computer spits everything out and then they go with that, but they have that one, like we know Arkansas-Missouri is probably going to be a permanent opponent. If they add two more, who would it be? I would think that they would at least take some input in from the institutions as to who they want. I know a couple of years ago, you know, Arkansas had the 10-game conference schedule. They threw Georgia and Florida into the mix. I mean, it was just disastrous. A tough schedule, and Arkansas was able to win three games. Did they take in input? Well, I don't think Hmm. they really did because Arkansas didn't want to add Georgia and Florida to it. No, They wanted some other schools that Hunter had talked about, and so – it's kind of ironic, too, that this is the first time we've been here since 2019 that the meetings have been in person here with football, basketball, uh, both men's and women's uh, head coaches here in Sandestin. Talking to Trey Schapp on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. It's all brought to you by Blackman Auctions. He's down at the SEC meetings and covering it for us. So I guess uh, Coach Pittman has an assigned time. When will when we hear from him? Actually, he does not yet, so I will be able to get uh, probably a one-on-one with him sometime either today or tomorrow. I kind of would like to get it tomorrow after the, they have done their meeting, their scheduled part of the meetings to get his thoughts on what happened, what transpired in those. 
Um, usually when the coaches get done with that, they're all booking it to the airport to get out of town um, before the, the conference puts everything together on, on Thursday, and then they go to the executive session where they vote um, on Friday. And so gotcha. Hunter's going to be here through Friday. The, uh, the coaches are here uh, at least through tomorrow afternoon. Some stay over. Uh, some get back, but um, I will either sit down with, with Coach Pittman either later today or, or tomorrow, and the same with Coach Neighbors and Coach Musselman as well. Gotcha. Uh, Wes referenced a story earlier in the show from SI.com saying that the pod concept is dead. Are you hearing the same, or do you know? I am. I, I am hearing the same, yeah. Ross Dellinger does a great job of covering the SEC. He's got some good, reliable people in, in, in strategic places, and and I think he's one of the better writers as well. Him and Pat Forty, what what they've been doing uh, together, um, covering the SEC in college football is is very good. You know that same story though. Trey said that uh, Texas and Oklahoma would not have a vote, so I was surprised to hear that they would, uh, because I would think they would have a vote because it does affect them. But that story said yeah. it'd be a, it was split at seven right now, seven seven, like you said, exactly split. But that Texas and OU would not have a say. So I think it and is see, fair. That's what, that's, yeah, and that's what I had heard, too, and that's what I told David and Roger and Todd this morning on the morning show, the fact that I heard it was 7-7, and then talking with Hunter just a little while ago, he said, no, it's 8-8, hmm. and that Texas and OU do have a vote. So that's something that maybe requires a little bit more clarification, maybe from someone mm-hmm. from the SEC that I'll try and get. And that shows, too, uh, if we've all heard it, it was 7-7, but now it's 8-8. Texas and OU are even split on this issue. Yeah, they can't agree on anything, can they? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think that is, to me, the most you know, uh, pivotal or most important thing down there at Destin, this sure. future in, uh, football schedule for the SEC. Yeah. I think it's that. I think it's that. I think it's to get a hold of the NIL mm-hmm. so that everybody's on a level playing field because, let's face it, it's supposed to be level. And, and some coaches even brought up the NFL model. Look, if you win the Super Bowl, you pick last in the next year draft. So they try to make everything fair. And mm-hmm. is everything in life fair? No, it's not. But they can make it as close to fair as possible. Yeah. Try good work, buddy. I appreciate you, and we'll touch base tomorrow. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right. See you, man. Good work. Trey Shap, thanks again to Blackman Auctions. Appreciate them very much for our coverage of the SEC meetings.